Welcome to the Journey Home Podcast. Life is full of twists and turns, and sometimes we get stuck or lost along the way. Our desire is to be a friend and resource to anyone who needs a little wisdom, advice, or encouragement on their journey. But most of all, we want you to know you're not alone. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number five in our series, Things That Get In The Way. And today, the thing that I want to talk about is misunderstanding how transformation happens. Okay, so, you know, I think if you ask most people out there, you know, I think most would say that they want to become a better person or they want to improve themselves or grow in some aspect of their life, right? Their character, their, you know, their leadership or whatever. And, you know, you look at our world today, there are, you know, there's no shortage of books and resources um, on, you know, improving ourselves, leadership books, you know, there's this booming fitness industry, there's this massive self-help industry, you know, it's all all these different ways, uh, resources available to people, Um, to improve themselves, right? And, you know, I think Christianity, even other religions are one of the the ways that people, uh, or one of the things that people turn to in order to grow, in order to, you know, become a better person or whatever phrase they want to use. Um, And on the surface, I think Christianity can appear no different than any of these other religions you know, philosophies or approaches that are out there. Um, And, you know, it's understandable in some ways, right? Like there's Bible verses that seem to really indicate that, you know, part of our spiritual journey is to change, is to be transformed, right? Romans 12 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, In Matthew 5, Jesus says, for us that we should be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect and so um you know of course like it's definitely part of uh what god calls us to um but i think where it can get confusing is you know you can read a self-help book and it uses very similar language as the bible and so then it begs the question you know is this are, are we talking about the same thing you know just because we're using the same words doesn't mean it's the same and then you know is jesus then only one of many ways to achieve transformation um and so i think it can get real confusing for the christian in our modern world um and so you know, in a minute, I, I will explain why I believe it's not the same. Uh, but just real quick, as a side note, I do want to say that, you know, I do believe personal transformation, it's, it is a part of our walk with God, but it's really only part of it. It's only one facet of it. And I would say that it even, even should not be our main motivation for worshiping God. But, you know, that's really another topic for another time. Uh, but I just wanted to quickly throw that out there. Okay. So, um, I really do believe that though transformation is a part of our, you know, our walk with God and our journey with God, um, it is different for the Christian than any other philosophy or even any other religion out there. I think what every other uh, way has in common, though, you know, again, it might be 
it might use religious framework, it might use a secular framework or whatever it is. I think what they all have in common is that they seek to attain the change that we're looking for ultimately by our own efforts, our own innate goodness, our human ability, you know, it's some version of that. The answer ultimately lies within us. Um, and really, ultimately, that is a form of humanism. You know, even if it has religious language, it's ultimately based in humanism because we believe that, um, you know, we can attain or achieve all these things on our own. And, um, you know, what most people would call humanism today, you know, I, I think that um, really ultimately comes back to sin and the way that I've defined sin in the past. It's, it's really choosing our own path or choosing our own way and believing that we can attain all of these things that God actually wants to give us, but believing that we can attain them on our own apart from God. So maybe some of you are listening and you say, how is Christianity any different? Because as I've, as I've said uh, in the beginning of this episode, you know, I think that we really do tend to misunderstand how transformation happens. And I think even a lot of Christians out there probably believe that we that is how we change it's just like everyone else does like we just try harder we try to do better you know um but see that i think again i think that's a very fundamental misunderstanding i believe that the power of christianity is in is that it calls us to change by not by trying harder but by receiving by believing and by standing firm in the perfect love that God makes available to us by his grace. Um, John writes in the New Testament that we love because he first loved us. And so most of us, we just say, we just try to love, we, we know that we're called to love. And so we just try our hardest to love, but we miss that other part of the equation that ultimately we have the ability to love, the capacity to love, because he first loved us. And so there's a, there's, it originates with him. Uh, I think another way we can say it is that we're changed from the inside out, not the outside in. I think every other philosophy, every other way tries to tell us that if we just do enough good things, you know, we try to you know, limit or eliminate the bad behaviors or the bad practices and we adopt the good ones, that ultimately that is what will change our lives. And again, I don't think that's 100% wrong, meaning like I'm not against, you know, trying or making an effort, you know, again, to avoid bad behaviors and to adopt good behaviors. But my point is that's not really where the power comes from at least in the Christian faith, we're changed actually from the inside out. Um, and not only that, but the thing that ultimately changes us is something that it, it's a reality that exists outside of us and apart from us. It transcends us. And, um, you know, maybe for some of you, that's, you think, oh, that doesn't matter. Why does that help? But I find that thought very helpful actually because if my hope for transformation ultimately rests on my own goodness at some point i mean i've 
I've already reached this point in my life and I'm sure I will reach it at other points in my life. But you re- you come to a point in life where you realize, okay, my goodness is pretty limited. You know, like um, even if I think I'm a decent person, like there are limits to my goodness. Like I can only be so loving, so kind, so patient. There are limits, you know, it's very finite. Um, but when the source of our strength, the power that changes us isn't just our own ability, but it's but it's a God who is perfect in love, a God who whose mercies are new every morning. And that God exists outside of us and apart from us. Um, and he doesn't change. That's that's the beauty of walking with God is that um, no matter how weak I am, no matter how many times I'm failing, I know that it doesn't actually change his goodness. It doesn't change his love. And if the source of my strength, the, the source of my life is him and not me, then that actually gives me tremendous hope because it's not based on my ability and it's not based on my performance. Um, And of course, the Christian faith, you know, it does call us to action, but the action is is as a response to God and who he is. It's not just an action for the sake of action in itself. Um, And you know, this issue of transformation, really, it's not a small issue, right? It's really a discipleship issue. And if you believe, as I do, that one of the main tasks and callings of the church is to make disciples, um, you know, I think we really have to wrestle with this question of then how are disciples made? How is, how does transformation happen for the disciple of Christ, right? Um, and I think one of the tragic things that ultimately happens is because, as I've argued, that I think a lot of Christians misunderstand how transformation happens. We we really end up preaching a form of Christianity that's mostly, you know, when we boil it down, it's really a lot of religious works, a lot of good works, a lot of behavior modification or behavior management, which again, it's not entirely wrong, but I don't think that is the heart of what Christianity is, right? But because we mistakenly believe that that's how people are changed, how lives change, then that's ultimately what we end up preaching. But see, if that's all we teach and all we do and all we believe, at some point, that's going to fall short because... You know, at some point we are going to feel like, you know, hey, I thought Jesus was supposed to change me and change my life and I don't see much change happening. And even more tragic, if we subconsciously believe that all those good works are what uh, earns our righteousness before God or earns our standing before God, our relationship with God, then that ultimately leads to burnout because at some point we get tired of performing. We get tired of having to earn our love, our dignity, right? And so at some point we start to bail. We say, this is not worth it. Or we just say like, well, how is this any different than what anyone else in the world is trying, right? We just, you know, we say Jesus and, you know, use Bible verses, but really it doesn't feel any different 
and that to me is so tragic because I don't believe that is the heart of Christianity or the power of Christianity. And yet I think that's what even a lot of Christians believe it is. Um, and then I think people really just even start to question if it's real because it seems to we seem to fail to deliver on our promises. You know, the church seems to be not delivering, not not delivering on what we've claimed would happen. And so that to me is so tragic because, of course, I do believe that the gospel changes lives. It changes everything. Um but only if we do it the way that God intended, okay? So maybe you're wondering, you know, how do I know if I'm getting it confused or not? Like, maybe I do understand how transformation works. Maybe I don't. Um, good question. Um, I think one of the ways, probably not the only way, but I think one of the ways we can know if we are um, properly, you know, cooperating with God's process of transformation. It's what Paul talks about in, in the book of Galatians. And in chapter five, he talks about the fruit of the spirit, right? And so if, you, if you're not familiar, I'll just read the list really quick. He says, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, hopefully, you know, you can agree those are all good things, but he describes them as fruit, right? And I believe that if we are walking with God and growing in our relationship with God, that this is the kind of fruit or result that we will see in our lives. Now, just to be clear, I'm not saying that it's always going to be perfect. You're always going to be perfect in these things. Um, you know, every single one of us, you know, no one does it perfectly, right? So we will stumble at times, we will sin at times, we will fall short of these things at times. But my point is, is the overall trajectory of your life, you know, showing an increase and a growing in these fruit, right? Are you seeing as time goes on, as you're walking with God, more love in your life, more joy, more peace, Right. And um, here's the thing, though, is that I think most of us look at this list as like almost a checklist to be accomplished rather than, um, you know, rather than indicators. I think these are, you know, again, he says it's fruit. And so a healthy fruit tree will produce fruit. Right. Um, I think a healthy life in God will produce this fruit. But I think you know, if we just read it as a checklist, then we actually end up trying to produce this fruit. So we see the list and we say, okay, I'm supposed to be a loving person. So let me try harder to be a loving person. You know, like, oh, I really, um, yeah, I just lost my patience, you know, the other day, I really need to try harder to be more patient, right? And again, that I, I appreciate the heart behind that. But again, I don't think that is what this list is meant to be. Again, I think it's more of like a diagnostic tool than a checklist to be accomplished, if that makes sense. I think it's more, you know, things to be watching out for. And if we see the presence of these things in our lives in increasing measure, then we can reasonably conclude that we are on the right path, that we are, you know, being transformed into the likeness of God. Um, 
and he also gives you know works of the flesh which i think also help uh, because if we're seeing those things increasing in our lives then i think that's also an indicator in, in the other in the other direction you know that maybe we have missed the path as well and so you can you can go and read that list um but you know and i think even our our typical response to this even further illustrates how we misunderstand transformation right because usually as i said our response is okay, I, I haven't been patient. I'm going to try harder to be more patient or, oh man, I was really mean the other day. Like I need to be more kind. Um, but again, I don't think the power or what ultimately transforms us is by trying harder. I think it's knowing God, knowing who he is and allowing him as we walk with him, as we grow in our relationship with him to transform us from the inside out. Because I'm telling you right now, if you have a revelation of God's kindness, that is going to ultimately produce kindness in you in a way that you just trying harder to be kind never could. You know, and so you'll often hear people say like, you know, like I said, like, I'm I'm really struggling with this. I need to try harder. But I what I don't usually hear people say is, man, I'm really struggling with patience. I need to meditate on the patience of Jesus, right? Or I need to go and behold the one who is patient, right? I never hear people say that, um, but I think that actually is the answer. And I think that is the key to transformation. Um, and I remember one time uh, a few years ago, you know, I was actually living overseas at the time. And, you know, there was a, you know, a leadership a situation I was dealing with, with, uh, with someone in our community, someone in our church, um, you know, and if I'm honest, I was feeling pretty hopeless and like, didn't know what to do about it. Um, I don't know if I was like at the verge of wanting to quit, but you know, I, I, the thought probably crossed my mind, you know, um, maybe just give up on this person or just like, at the very least, I just don't know what to do, you know, just feeling stuck. And I remember just like, it was so random. I mean, I was just in my bathroom, I think, like standing at the sink, brushing my teeth or something. And um, I just out of nowhere, I just felt the Lord, you know, um, speak to my heart. And it, it you know, wasn't an audible voice or anything, but, uh, you know, very still, small voice, yet so clear. Um, and he just spoke that that phrase from First uh, Corinthians 13, which if you're familiar, I mean, it's the famous love chapter that's read at you know millions of weddings you know but um the, this one line uh from the chapter says love bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things love never ends and some translations say love never fails um and i just remembered in that moment and and the way it just did something to my heart and you know, in the Lord's mercy, I didn't receive it as like a do better kind of, you know, uh, exhortation, right? Like, hey, you're not being very loving, you need to do better, right? I didn't receive it that way. I, I really received it as, hey, I am love. And I in my in that love, I bear all things. I believe all things. I hope all things. I endure all things. Basically, what God was saying to me was that it's not in his nature to quit. It's not in his nature to give up 
on anyone or in any situation. And I just can't tell you, I can't explain how that changed me. You know, it did something in me. And really from that moment forth, I, I was a different person. And again, I can't fully explain how that works. I just know that a measure of transformation happened. I had a revelation of uh, of God, his specifically his love, but God is love, right? And so it's really a revelation of God um, and just that aspect of his character. And it just changed me. Um, and so just, you know, as I conclude this podcast again, um, you know, I think one of the things that gets in our way as believers is we don't understand how transformation happens. And so if I can give you just a practical tip, um, it's this to spend as much, if not more time discussing, studying, or meditating on who God is and what he is like as you do on the behaviors, actions, or character traits that the Bible calls us to, right? So just another way to say that is like, I think we do spend most of our time thinking about, you know, are we doing the right thing? Or if we're falling short, we, we spend a lot of our time thinking about all the ways that we're falling short of doing the right thing or demonstrating the, the right character traits or, or right or, or the right behaviors. Right. I, I think we fixate on that a lot. And partly that's understandable. It, it does feel more tangible. Right. Um, and so it's totally understandable why we would do that. But again, I don't believe that it's just in that trying harder um, that uh, the power of transformation is unlocked. I think we have to um, behold God for who he is. I think we have to study his character. I think we have to meditate on it. We have to dialogue with him about it, you know. Um, and I get it. Like that sounds more like mystical, cosmic even. Like it sounds less tangible. And so it's a little harder to wrap our heads around. Um, but, I, you know, one thing I, I've noticed, maybe, maybe you uh, can relate to this, but I've noticed when I look back at, you know, the times where I served as a pastor or, you know, a spiritual leader in other capacities, like I realized like I spent a lot of time preaching or teaching out of uh, the more practical parts of the Bible, for, for lack of a better word. I think the Bible is all practical, but, um, you know, I think, you know, let's even use like Galatians or some of Paul's other letters as an example, right? Typically, most of those New Testament letters um, that are written to the churches, you know, in different parts of the world at that time, they have a pretty similar structure, right? Like they all have some form of opening and closing, right? Like which have, you know, the greetings and different thank thanksgivings, blessings. Um, but really the body of each letter, um, there's it usually starts with, you know, some unpacking of theology, right? Like who God is or what God has done. Um, and then usually in the second half of the body of the letter, it's usually more those practical exhortations or those ethical exhortations, you know, those, you know, those behavioral commandments, right? Like, like love your wife, right? Like, 
you know, children obey your parents, like those kind of practical things, which again, they are biblical. So I'm not saying like those are not important to talk about. They're not useful. But what I'm saying is I think we tend to gravitate towards that, even to the point where I would argue most of our preaching comes from the second half of the letters um, and and not much comes out of the first half of the letters uh, because maybe it feels, you know, quote unquote, less practical, even though I think it's deeply practical. Um, but it's sometimes it's harder to wrap our heads around. Right. But here's the thing. If we don't know who God is and what he has done and what he is like and what he is doing and what he's going to do, like that removes the entire power of the gospel, really. Right. Because. Ultimately, what is the gospel, right? Is it just about going to heaven or is it just about, you know, having a moral code or having, you know, life principles? Like ultimately, what makes the gospel so powerful is it is it reunites us. It restores our relationship with God. It's God who makes the, the gospel awesome. It's God who makes Christianity what it is. And it's amazing how we can take God out of the equation, though, you know, of course, intellectually, we will, you know, assume that our, you know, our theology and our practice is all centered around God. But practically, you know, sometimes I think I find that we do remove God from the equation in that we're just trying to change or grow or improve ourselves by our own human efforts rather than as a response to who God is. And so again, I the most practical tip I can give you, which ironically feels very impractical, is don't just focus on the behaviors, the actions. Focus on God. Focus on who He is and talk to Him about it. Ask Him to reveal those you know, those aspects of his character to you, you know, if you recognize that you, you know, you are not having peace in your life, you know, talk to God about the peace that only he can give, right? He said he would give us a peace that the world cannot give, the world cannot understand. Um, talk to him about it, ask him to reveal that to you, because I promise though that doesn't feel as tangible as just you trying harder to, you know, keep your peace or, you know, keep calm. I'm telling you, when that revelation happens, when he breaks in and gives you that revelation, it's going to change you in a way that you could have never accomplished in your own strength. And, um, you know, it's interesting you know, maybe you hear all this that I'm saying, and it sounds like I'm telling you to do nothing and stop trying. Actually, that's that's not true. You know, there is work that we are called to, but it's it's interesting. You'll read these Bible verses where Jesus will say things like the work of the kingdom is it's to believe. <laughs> right. So we think the work is to try harder and to be better. He says it's to believe. It's to receive. It's to stand in the truth of who he is and what he's done. And again, I'm not saying that that's all it is either. Like there are times where, you know, you know, there is something to be said for, you know, not doing certain things and doing other things. You know, like I'm not saying that those things are entirely wrong. I'm just saying, is that the essence and is that ultimately how we were we are transformed? 
So again, I, I hope that this has helped you. I hope it's blessed you. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a rating and review, and we'd be especially honored if you would pass along the podcast or recommend it to a friend. Before we sign off, I just wanted to mention one of the most popular services we offer, which is coaching for individuals and couples. So on this podcast, we're able to share biblical truth, practical wisdom, but we're speaking on in very broad terms. That's just the nature of the medium, right? Uh, but what coaching allows us to do is to get into the specifics of your story or your situation and apply these principles in a more focused way. And while we can't promise that we'll always find a solution or resolution, many times we've found that it's helpful for people just to have someone to listen and process life with. Sometimes that's actually what we need the most. Um, so if that sounds appealing and you're still not quite sure, we even offer a free 30-minute session for new clients. That's a great way to try out coaching with no financial obligation. Um, you can find more information about coaching or our other services at our website, thejourneyhome.global. And finally, if you want to connect with us, you can email us, you can connect by social media. All of the links to our accounts are in the show notes below. We truly love hearing from you, and we promise we actually will read and respond to your emails or social media interactions. Um, so thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.